This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. My name is Logan, and that means you're listening to another episode of The Crowncast. And if my intro to this show doesn't sound quite as peppy as it usually is, is it's because I'm not quite as peppy as I usually am. Unfortunately, a little bit of illness has struck me, and even worse, it looks like it didn't just strike me. It might have also struck Charlotte FC, because we just watched them play the New York Red Bulls in their first ever postseason appearance, and here to talk about it with me is Jerson. Hello, Jerson. Hello. I am Jerson. Hello to everybody it, listening. It's... It's just depressing, isn't it? Yeah, you know, I think that our biggest mistake was to like have hopes. <laughs> I think I think that that's really you know we were at the bank not too long ago. The atmosphere was great, and today was just not that. I I just I guess it, I'm lo- I'm at a loss of words as to. Losing so badly, especially to a team that, and this is not not like negative towards anybody, but that was an empty stadium, Logan. Like that, yeah. that's what impacted me the most. You know, like shouts out to every single person that actually did make it to that stadium that was supporting their team. But man, <laughs> like it's it's really easy to forget how good Charlotte has it when it comes to the fans. Like it's really easy to to get used to going to the bank and having the, that stadium half full, 36,000 regularly people in there. And there are 36,000 people who care and cheer and want for this team. And then you see these TV recordings of other places, other winning places, and their teams have five, 8,000 people in the stadiums. Absolutely. But even even when you look at it from that perspective... Regardless of how empty it was, they went out there like that stadium was full. Mm-hmm. And man, at least for the first 30 minutes, like you could see that there was just a clear difference in what's the word that I'm looking for? I guess kind of like drive. Drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like wanting to like wanting to go out there and play. Like it's just it's just sad because here we come off a victory against allegedly the goat of the sport, right? And here and now here we are, you know, playing against a team that was below us at the end of the table and and what a way to go down. <laughs> yeah, it's Oof. it's one of those where and I'll try and pick up the pace here a little bit because I know it's it's never good listening to just hear two people be distraught with sadness uh, over this team. But it, it's one of those things where you said it well, it's the hope that kills you. And I think that I had a little bit of. I had a little bit of pre-breakup with this team. Now, I'm still obviously a big fan of this team, but some some time ago, I had come to the mathematical decision that Charlotte FC probably wasn't going to make the playoffs. That it would have taken a pretty spectacular act of many, many teams for Charlotte FC to see the postseason. And we saw the postseason. So that in and of itself is is a win. But I think, in a way, I had sort of disassociated from the postseason already, I had stopped myself from going, well, we're going to have a deep run. I had already kind of come to accept that. And 
maybe that's me protecting myself. Maybe that's me guarding my heart from what is what is a sad day in Charlotte FC history. Or maybe that's me seeing the writing on the wall and going, hey, I'm gonna... <laughs> I don't know. Did, does that make me a bad fan? <laughs> I, I don't think that it makes you a bad fan because I feel like we all kind of had that mentality. Like, okay how's next season going to look when we still have like three games left of the season, you know, whether or not, I mean, yes, they pulled out what could be considered like a fairy tale type of um, first time making it to the playoffs. Like regardless of how we made it, it doesn't take away the fact that the holes are still there. The issues are still there and they're noticeable. And we've seen them because before we got in that very small run towards the end, we had about 11, 12 games that we either lost or tied. And that that cannot get you far in any sort of competition. So next season is looking great, though, right? Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Let's bring we're it gonna up. Win, Let's... We're going to win the league next season for sure. Of course, of uh, course. And and we'll tell you all about during the off season how we're definitely going to do that. Uh, he says, just crying, sobbing into his hands at the moment. Yeah. I I I want to move us along because we're gonna we're gonna have plenty of time to talk what went well, what didn't go well. And I'd like to do some highlights here. And we have, you know, traditionally stuck with the cards and crowns format because it's the last game of the season. We're still going to do both crowns and cards. Jerson, I think the crowns are going to be a little bit friendly. <laughs> Would you call that fair? Yeah, I mean, there's only there's only the two crowns to give anyways. I mean, if you look <laughs> the at the scoreline, it's kind of... <laughs> I would like to say... I think that we can all come together as Charlotte FC fans and acknowledge that what Charlotte FC has done today was for the children, right? You know, they announced or they they acknowledged during halftime that uh, the MLS was doing a, a charity to, for every goal scored, they were going to be giving money out. And uh, you know what? Yeah. Charlotte must have heard that before mm-hmm. the match they must have been like look you know what really matters is the future of our children let's get some money out there into these programs that's the way we're going to run this and i'd love to say good on them that feels like an interesting strategy to me but right. at least i guess i can say that i see the strategy well so, you know i'm sorry logan okay. is that what people don't understand about charlotte C is that we're playing the long run you know we're psyching you guys out for the first five to ten seasons but that 11th season, <laughs> that 11th season is going to be special. <laughs> that that season 11, boy, we can't wait for that oh, one. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> if, only, if only that could come just a little bit quicker. Uh, no, let's go ahead and we'll do some crowns. We'll do some cards. Do you want to do one card a piece or do you want to do two cards a piece? Mm, let's do two just because I feel like we have, a, we have enough to really go through them. Mm-hmm. I will jump into, uh, do you want to do crowns or cards first? Should we do cards first? That way we can start, we can finish it in a yeah, nice we little can, note. And we can finish on, on the high notes, right. Uh, I will start, I'll start with a card. Okay. And I personally am going to, uh, this time, I'm going to go to Ashley Westwood. And I have talked a lot about Ashley Westwood being in a position that's not his natural favorite position. I've talked a lot about him having to carry water for other people. I've talked about him having to run around the field and pick up weight. He didn't do it. The The truth of the matter is we lost this game overwhelmingly in the midfield. Overwhelmingly in the midfield. The good things we did did not involve the midfield. Where we got hurt 
was usually right square in the in the midfield and he is inherently an attacking player i understand that he is a very creative passer his uh, touch on the ball is fantastic his leadership is quite good and this is my card by the way with this card i'm I, i have to pull out the fact that he's not a defensive midfielder and I will stand up and I will say I thought he could achieve that. And there's probably a part of me that in a in the brighter light of day will still say I think he can achieve that at the MLS level. But I you know, Ewan Ewan loves to roast me about the fact that I said I think he can do that distributing six role. And that's not who he is. And we see it. Defensively, he is not a significant factor. He is not capable of providing enough of an outball against a press of that level to take the pressure off Charlotte FC. It, it wasn't getting done in that part of the pitch. And he's the man with the armband. So he's not immune to being called out and us asking questions. Thoughts on Ashley Westwood? Yeah. Um, honestly, he, he didn't look like himself. Sure. He had to adjust to a different role from what he's used to. And I would say for a bit of the season, he was somewhat successful. I guess we've gotten used to commenting on his great performances that whenever you see a performance like we had today is really shocking. But it honestly was like as if he wasn't in that field today. And I saw a little bit of sparks of him maybe towards the last um, five minutes or so. Isn't that a little too late, Logan? You know, (laughs) It's not it, not the ideal time to be starting sparks. You want sparks to grow mm. into flames, and then you fan the flames into a fire. Like yeah. the last five minutes, not the ideal time for your sparks to start. He started the sparks when the we were already burnt down, and yeah. <laughs> it's just it's it's tough. It's tough because obviously he is supposed to be our our captain, our leader in that field. But today was not him. It wasn't. It, it definitely is not what I'm used to seeing from him. It almost felt like, and this is something that my coach used to tell me back in high school, it's like you're playing kickball because he was just sending balls into the into the area without actually like planning a play. Does that make sense? So let's hold that thought because it's going to get talked about in the off season. It's already in my notes. The uh, the way we have started playing kickball, and ultimately we're all going to have our thoughts on it. But let's save that for now and let's go into your. Uh, first card who do you want to who do you want to talk about today yes of course in the same spirit of criticizing the people that we tend to idolize i'm gonna talk about um the man the myth enzo the dog capetti because today was probably one of the worst games that i've seen from him on the beginning like usually i comment on how he never gives up on plays and all this different stuff he's had really great games these past couple of matches but today, he was just out of it. There was nothing from him that I saw that was competitive enough. Make a goal. I mean, he got subbed yeah. out for Scott Arfield, the midfielder. And it was fairly early in the second half. I want to say it was like around the 60th minute or so. I don't know exactly. Don't quote me on that. But nonetheless, that's how you know how out of the game he was. And man, for 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 everybody who listens and knows me and knows how I feel about him, you know, I truly, truly do like the way that he plays. But today, I have to put my foot down and comment on how, honestly, how how bad of a game he had. It was yep. not for him, and he didn't connect with anybody. And then he gets a yellow card. You know, it's... it's... So... I don't know, Logan. 
one thing I think is true is the players we love, we are inclined to see the best in them to a point, and then we get hypercritical of them. And that is, that's true across the board. It almost doesn't matter what sport you play. If your favorite player is just a little bit off the mark, you're inclined to go, well, you know, there was this factor or that factor. And then the moment they start to get really bad, you're like, listen, buddy, my name is behind your name and you're going to get stuff straight. And it is true. It, it happened with me for Ben Bender when he was really playing out of sorts. What you're talking about to me appeared as they figured out how to shepherd Enzo Capetti away. Enzo Capetti does his best work when he is in people's heads. He does his best work when he is breaking lines and when he's destroying structure. Enzo Capetti is the human equivalent of a sledgehammer. He hits things really hard, and then they shatter. Like, that's, that's Enzo Capetti. Basically, what it looked to me like Red Bull was able to do... It's just sort of shuffle him off into the corner of the game in a little rubber room where his sledgehammer just bounced off of things. And suddenly he became a non-factor. Enzo Capetti wasn't able to break down the walls of the game the way he has uh, in the last couple. And I struggle with whether or not that's his fault right now or whether or not that's really good play by the New York Red Bulls because... I've only just seen this game once, and I'll be perfectly honest with you, dear listeners. At three goals down in that particular game, I was not super interested in the tactical effects. I was I, I was a fan, and I was sad, and you're right. I did not love Enzo Capetti in this one. I, th I think it's an absolutely... I think, I think it's a good call-out. If we're jumping to another card for me now, are you okay with doing two apiece? Do you have one more you could talk about? I can come up with one. I feel terrible saying this, uh, but it, it goes to Brant Bronico because Brant Bronico ran really hard. Brant Bronico gave everything he had. Brant Bronico was driven and he was, he was up for it and he fought and none of it was good enough. And that hurts me to say. We talked about in the beginning of this season that Brant Bronico was always kind of skirting the technical line of requirements, and that because he was trying to do so much, he wasn't going into things controlled. He was arriving at things at full speed. He was trying to move out of things at full speed. He was in so many places, he was never really making those connections he needed to make. Today, he might have gone far enough away that his efforts started to hurt Charlotte FC. Part of that is on the whole structure around him, but part of that is on Brandt. In the midfield, when we give up our first goal, who has run back into position and is showing in position but is exhausted and can't jump for the ball? Brandt Bronico. He loses the aerial duel. He loses the aerial duel. It goes off to Uronin. Uronin gets... Some, some would say that that player undercut Uronin, but either way... Ernan doesn't get a good connection on the ball. The ball ends up in the back of our net. We lose possession. We lose a duel. We lose the fight in the middle of our pitch with Brant Bronico. And when he does pick up the ball, he'll fight his way past one player, but it's head down. He'll fight his way past another player, but it's head down. And he finally gets his head up, and he's surrounded by six players, and he loses the ball in the middle of the field. And it's just something that we have seen hurt us time and time and time and time again. 
I can't fault the guy's effort. I can't fault the guy's drive. I can't fault the guy's spirit or will or whatever fancy term you want to put on it. But I can tell you that every time he gets the ball in the midfield, he ends up giving the ball back to the other team. And that's not true. There are times that he completes a pass or possession moves through him. But often, he he gives the ball back to the other team. Uh, I feel dirty saying that because I like Brant Bronico both as a player and a person. Uh, Jerson, you want to you wanna talk Brant? Yeah, I think that we have to really dive deeper into the conversation of of what he can or cannot provide and what he has and has not, right? And we've had, you know, you and me have talked about this. I feel like the best word to really define what, how he is is inconsistent. And we've had a lot of moments, um, especially today, where it's noticeable. How deep does that, can we go with that? You know, can we say sit here and talk about the fact that it's him, the player, or maybe the team, why are we deciding to continue that down this route? And I, obviously, I, I don't want, I don't want good old engine to leave. I, I would hate that because you know we, he's a, like you said, he's a great player. He's also a great person. Sometimes we we have to look at ourselves and really think about what is the thing that is stopping us going to that next step as a team, right? Brent is an engine. He will run his his heart out, but just how you just you spoke not too long ago. He's tiring himself out, and especially in a game that is so important, I think that there just needed to be more concentration with, with that. Let's let's jump off Brant here, and let's go to your next card. Who do you feel like could have stepped up tonight? I'm going to be controversial, because I like it, but I'm going to yep. give my card to Carol Sadarsky. And the only reason why you, I'm going to do you it... Went, you went for Enzo Capetti and Carol Schwederski. You want absolutely, everybody. Absolutely. You want all the smoke tonight. Yeah. Y'all can find me at P.Dots. Not just mine. Um, no, yeah. I have to because I feel like ever since he came back from this international break, it's like the, the spark that he was bringing because he was the consistent player that was making the plays, was making the goals. It kind of just simmered down. And today... Because, one, we didn't really see much of him, if we're being honest, in the Miami game. But today is one of those days where you need the big dogs to step up. And he has continuously, not just this season, but the season before, in a way been the face of this team. He's been the goal scorer. He's been the player who is the most creative out there. And today, it's almost like he just got shut down. um, I, I can be very critical about it just because of the fact that we're we love him right but yeah. once again go ahead it's it's another one of those players who you look at and you go it's so hard to to criticize the guy because you know who he is you mm-hmm. know what his heart is uh you've seen him put it all out there for charlotte fc for two years uh but you know what he's a player who on his day will beat anybody in this league and on the day that's not his day doesn't exist and what happened to say wasn't that day Yep, and today was a day, it wasn't his day. Yeah, today was the day he did not have the fire in him. Today was the day he didn't have the dog in him. That's for you, Jerson. And he didn't exist. So I think it's absolutely fair to call it out. Obviously, as as just a whole result, this is very disappointing. And there's a lot more to talk about and how it comes to be. But for the sake of this one, just so we don't spiral down the rabbit hole too much, uh, let's talk about the the couple of good moments that did come. I, I think it would be fair to say there are two people who deserve a crown 
and it's the final game of the season, so we'll give them out. Jerson, which which one of the two do you want to talk about? You know, I'm going to talk about Agiman, so you can have the other one. Okay. So, Agiman, we've talked about how he's a great player for the future. Um, I think that he has a lot of great qualities. Um, he has a, a strong body, and you saw it today. Like, today was definitely a good presentation of how strong he really is on that field. And man, what a way to not give up. I definitely do not think that he is a starter. I don't even think that he should be second in line. Just because of the inexperience, there's still a little bit more ball control to come and a little bit more pace. But man, he's an exciting player. And I think that what I like about him is that he also doesn't give up. And the goal definitely spoke on that. What a goal. And what an individual play. Because he did that all by himself, if we're being honest. And dare I say, Logan, that for a tiny, tiny second, I was like, you know what? Maybe we could come back. But <laughs> there, there was like a little itty bitty moment of hope. I will say it was very, very short lived. Charlotte made sure of that. I, I like Patrick Aguimong. I really like Patrick Aguimong. I think that he has the potential to go on and be a very great, great player. And I hope he becomes a great player at Charlotte. I want to preface this crown because I think he is obviously one of the two who deserves a crown. He pulls that ball down from Christian Kalina. That is the ultimate route one football in the world from your keeper to a striker. He pulls that ball down single-handedly muscles off three people and scores a goal, all of his own making an accord. So he deserves all of the credit for that moment. If nothing else, I don't think we can overreact to this moment. I don't think as a fan base and, and Josh, uh, you know, typed in the chat and he said the, the overreaction to this could be negative. Uh, those weren't the words he used, but essentially he was saying the overreaction to Patrick Aguimong scoring this goal could end up being a detriment to the team and potentially to Patrick Aguimong. I I talked with Christian Latanzio when, oh man, I've lost his name now. Uh, the the young winger who came through and had the two goals in one game. Cambridge. Brand, yeah, Cambridge. Thank you. Brandon Cambridge. Uh, when Brandon Cambridge came through and he had that that massive game where he scored the two goals. And I said, with your history in developing players, what do you tell Brandon Cambridge about this moment? Right? How do you how do you get him to use it as fuel to the fire, not as something that burns himself out in fame? And he said, I I told Brandon to go home and celebrate as much as he wants tonight and then forget it happened tomorrow. Now, I think that there are probably a number of reasons this team might want to forget everything has happened tomorrow. They might want to wake up and not remember this match at all. But in the same vein of Patrick Aguimong, I think everyone should celebrate what was a really special moment for him tonight and forget it happened tomorrow because he has a long way to go to prove he's this level consistently. We have, we have looked at players. Carol Schroederski is a player who 40% of the time destroys everything in his path. And 60% of the time doesn't get it done. Guess what? Charlotte FC with a player like that sort of as the face barely made playoffs and finished on 43 points. So Agumong has a ways to go, but you have to admit it's nice to see that spark, isn't it? It's just in young players. You can't help but go, yeah. Yes. It just gets your hopes up for the future, which now that we're eliminated, of course, we want to look at the future. Obviously we don't have a, now we have to wait till February, <laughs> but it's a nice little spark and it's exciting. But of course, like both you and me said, there's still ways to go. 
So yep, still, still a ways to go. I'm going to talk about the other one. I'm going to talk about Kerwin Vargas. And if you were watching Kerwin Vargas, you too saw what I saw. And I actually put into our personal chat, I, I asked the question, did Kerwin Vargas just score a bicycle kick? Or have I been watching this game too long and it started to make me mad? Uh, crazy mad, not angry mad. Kerwin Vargas just hit a bicycle kick in playoffs. What? <laughs> Am, I'm not crazy, right, Jerson? Like, he hit a bicycle kick. You saw that too? Yeah, I thought I was playing FIFA for a second, but no, that was real. I mean, what a moment for him. He has come on in such good form for a number of games in a row, and this is a guy who we, uh, I, I want to say like four weeks ago, we talked about, does does the coach not like him? Is he not training well? What's going on with him? Is he in the last chance saloon? And he's just come out and blown the doors off people. Now, how much of that is going to stick? How much of that can be translated to long-term success? No idea. But this is a 21-year-old, exciting, fast, fun winger who it's easy to fall in love with, easy to get behind, easy to root, root for. His name's fun to chant. He's even got that going for him. And he comes out in this first-ever Charlotte FC playoff, and he hits a bicycle kick. A, a shot that was able to restore some, some interest in the game for Charlotte FC fans. A, a moment so big that a team that was down three goals, like you talked about, almost went, yeah, but maybe. For that alone, that's a crown for me. Well done, Kerwin Vargas. Thoughts on him? I definitely think that he was the only spark that I saw in that field today. And not just because of the goal. He was moving the ball real well. He was trying to, dare I say, he was he was one of the only ones that was really, really just trying to, to if it was possible, tie the game. Even though yep. he scored it, I think we were 4-1 at that point. But he was still trying. He still saw it possible. I couldn't say the same about everybody else. He definitely was a spark out there, and what a beautiful goal. You know, you know who I kind of saw come in with a bit of spark? Just, just for the sake of calling him out. I like the way Scott Arfield comes onto the pitch. Just in yeah. general. I like the way Scott Arfield hits that pitch. He always seems to hit it running. And that's not necessarily a crown. Just a moment of acknowledgement that Scott Arfield hits that pitch running. With all of that said, obviously it's been a long night. Result not necessarily going the way that we were all hoping. And uh, a result that we may all want to forget. So, Jerson, I'm going to be really strict this time. I'm going to be the taskmaster. And I'm going to say, you have two sentences, but I'd prefer you do it in one. What is your final thoughts for Charlotte FC's first ever playoff game? Thank you to all of the fans that traveled to New York. I hope your, your night is not set. <laughs> I'd like everyone to give a round of applause to Jerson, just because for so long I've been trying to get people to, to keep that condensed. And it's just gotten wilder and wilder. And now I'm going to have to be the guy who's like, nope, it's getting, you're getting two sentences. So that also unfortunately means I have to abide by my own rules. Uh, my, final, my final thoughts on this particular game, I am personally going to steal from Ewan. My final thoughts for today's game are, today was a reason for honest internal analysis. And on that, We've gone back to my negativity. We've gone back. We've lost the, the optimistic atmosphere. On uh, that note, I'd like to say thank you, Jerson. You're welcome. I, I would like to say thank you to you all 
the listeners who have been with us for uh, another season. I mean, this is the end of season two of us doing these post-reacts. We can't thank you enough for all of your support. When you when you greet us in the stadium, when you let us know that you love the show, when you send us messages online, I, I have I am currently drinking tea out of a mug that was given to me by a listener of the show that has the Crowncast logo on it, and it's one of my most prized possessions. It, it means the world to us. We love you. We really do. So thank you so much. And we will talk to you again in the off-season as we discuss what on earth is going on at Charlotte FC. Thank you all. Goodbye. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com. Network.com.